this, this little girl is 11 years old. Her name is Maybe. Maybe was uh, born in Zimbabwe, and Maybe lives currently on a garbage dump just north of Johannesburg, where there are 14,000 people living on a garbage dump, living from the garbage. Maybe lives in a little shack with her father and uh, with two sisters. This shack is so tiny, it only has room for a bed. There's no bathroom. They all sleep together in the same bed. Maybe washes herself with a bucket, a bucket of water. Maybe and her siblings and her dad uh, scavenge in the garbage every day for plastic, plastic bags, bottles, bits of plastic, and cardboard. These are two things that they are able to recycle. So they collect it, and then they're able to get a small, they, they walk to the edge of the dump where trucks come by every day, and they can get a little bit of money for the plastic and the cardboard that they have collected, from which they can then uh, purchase something uh, to eat. Maybe wears the same clothes every single day. Somebody at one point donated a used school uniform, and, uh, and I've seen her multiple times, and she's always wearing the same thing. You can imagine um, what those clothes smell like as well. One day, uh, Open Schools came to Moiplas. That's the name. It's, it's an ironic name. It means beautiful place or beautiful uh, lot, beautiful property. And that's the name of this garbage dump, actually. And uh, one day, the organization that, uh, that I work with, Open Schools Worldwide, came there. We began our program. And maybe it was one of the, the children of uh, hundreds of children that we've been able to bring into that program. Maybe it was sullen. She wouldn't speak. She was downcast, traumatized, uh, but maybe comes to every single lesson, uh, multiple lessons a week. And this little girl has changed in amazing ways. She has uh, become confident. She has, you know, like you can see on this picture, an amazing smile. She's full of joy. She's learned to love the Lord Jesus and she loves to read, and uh, she actually offers to pray for other children who are um, having a hard time, other kids who are upset or when they're sick. It's maybe that, uh, that will pray for them. Maybe is just one example of so many children that we, are, that we have the privilege of working with. Tammy and I have the opportunity to work in the ministries that God has placed us in to contribute into the, uh, to the lives of, of uh, and to contribute to the needs of hundreds and thousands of these children to pour into their lives, to help them to flourish. We have a platform to do this, and your church is 
part of that. You are helping us to be able to do this. So by extension, you are part of what, uh, what God is doing that. And I just want to take this opportunity to say a big, big thank you because it's, it's making a difference in the lives of maybe and, and thousands other, uh, of others like her. Actually, we shared in Sunday school, uh, some of you were there, about some of more details of the ministries that we're involved in. A week from today, uh, Tammy and I will be running in the Atlantic City Marath Marathon, and uh, we have decided as a project for each mile, she's actually going to run the full marathon. My legs aren't what they once were, my knees, and so I'm just doing the half marathon, but you put those miles together, it's about 40 miles. She'll be doing twice as many as me, and um, for each of those 40 miles, we decided that we would like to uh, to raise money for one child and in open schools, the entire education, because we're not building schools, we're not paying salaries, we train volunteers uh, and, and uh, we teach literacy and numeracy, or these volunteers teach literacy and numeracy where they are. By the way, as Tema was sharing here just before, my phone was uh, vibrating. I don't know if you heard that, John. But um, I, I fortunately, I turned the ringer off, but uh, my phone was vibrating. My, my wife took her sweater and tried to stuff it, but it kind of made it even louder. As one of our <laughs> uh, volunteers in the Mukuru slum uh, in, in Nairobi trying to you know, contact me, he doesn't, I don't think he's aware maybe of the time change and so forth. He's in Nairobi. Um, but... Uh, I was there just a few months ago, and, and uh, we want to, with this marathon, uh, help 40 kids because it costs $60 for the entire education. That's, that's a one time to cover the entire education up to like a third grade level of literacy and numeracy. And so for each mile, we're hoping uh, to be able to help one child and Tim, I don't know, did you see during the break, because we talked about this in Sunday school, but there's probably over half of, the, of those miles already covered. So if any of you are interested, and we have names, uh, that you can pick a name and, and pray for a child. So that's just one of the uh, opportunities and one of the projects that we're involved in right now. Now, as God's children, however, all of us, all of us are called to this, to share God's love with others. Each of us um, is called to do this, to share God's love with each of these, of these people, each of whom are so precious to him. And this is our purpose on this earth. Uh, let's go make sure I'm on here. Sorry. Have you ever wondered why when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you accept him as your Savior and Lord, why he doesn't just, you know, sweep us up, take us home into his eternal presence at that moment that we accept his forgiveness and are saved and become his child? Have you ever wondered that? Well, it's because he has a plan. He has a plan for us for the few years 
uh, that we have on this earth. And as Tim West said before, it is not, his purpose for us is not to lead as comfortable a life as possible. Comfort is nice, but we have a far greater purpose, something much more compelling, something much more meaningful to be involved in. And that is to help others to discover this saving love, to help others to flourish. That is our purpose on this earth. And I, I gave a title to this message, uh, calling it Pay It Forward. We have received, not because we deserve it, but because of God's incredible love, we have received his gift of life. And he desires that for every human being who he gave his life for. And so we have not only the privilege, but the responsibility, each of us, to pay it forward. And um, I'd just like to look at this verse with you. It, it puts it very clearly in Ephesians. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There it is. God made us, and here we're told why. He has created us to do good works, which God prepared. This is what we're created for uh, by God, and this means helping others. It means helping others to flourish, to become all that they were designed to be, that God made them to be, to know God's love and to know his salvation. Now, we tend to think of, or let me speak for myself, I, you know, I often tend to think that I'll be best off if I'm looking after myself. I've got a great wife, and she certainly looks after me as well, but, but you know, we're, and, and again, myself, we are so often self-focused and, and just making sure that, you know, I'm doing as, as good as possible. And um, the ironic thing, and, and I'm sure many of you have discovered this, the ironic thing is that actually we're, we become much more fulfilled when we're focused on others, when we're helping others to flourish. When I was little, my parents um, told me this. They said, remember this word, joy. J-O-Y, joy. You want to know how to really have joy? Joy is wonderful. God desires each of us to have joy. Here's how you do it. It's priorities. Put him first, so it's Jesus, O for others, and then lastly, Y for yourself. So priorities. Put God first, J for Jesus, O for others, Y for you. Joy. And, you know, we know this in theory, um, but oftentimes we still don't put it into practice. We're still not helping others to flourish. And um, I, I was thinking about why, what is it, what keeps us from doing that? Why don't we do that? And there's, there's a number of reasons, and I'm sure you could help me to create this list. Uh, and I think a prime one is selfishness. Again, I'm focused more on myself, on what I think I need and what I want and what's best for me. 
So selfishness, and basically that comes out of pride. But, you know, we are called to share God's love and the good news of his saving grace for others. We've received it, and we can pay it forward. It's, it's our calling. It's, it's, uh, it's the reason for which we were created. Sometimes something that keeps us from helping others flourish and sharing God's love with them is we're scared. We're afraid of what others might think of us. Uh, we might be afraid of our reputation. Uh, one one good big reason, I think, often is we feel like we're inadequate. Um, you know, you might look at, uh, at me and Tammy and Tamwa and go, well, they're missionaries, but uh, God can't use me. What can I do? I'm going to ask Tammy to come up and just uh, share an example, uh, a recent example out of her own experience. One of the reasons that sometimes I maybe don't go out or are, am hindered from going out is because I'm overwhelmed by what's all out there. Today's needs in the world, and, and you, you're hearing through this time here, Go Outreach, there's so many needs, right? So many needs. And sometimes I'm someone, if I know I can't fix it all, why even start? Because, you know, what difference is it going to make? And, and it, really, it really keeps us sometimes from, from taking the first step. In April, I was in Congo, and I was doing some uh, teacher training for a group of, of educators that had been selected by uh, the Church of Christ of Congo. So these were experienced educators from all over the country. Fifty of them were selected to come to a training that ACSI, Associations of Christian Schools International, uh, Teach Beyond, and another partner, I think it was YWAM, was putting on. And I was the Teach Beyond repre representative, and I had 20 of these uh, 50 Tra uh, teachers, so these are very educated. For Congo, they were the top dogs of education because they were asked to then go back to their places and teach what we had taught them to their schools, impacting 12,000 schools in Congo. It's a huge thing. We felt so inadequate. What in these five days were we going to be able to do? And um, I'm sitting in the classroom, I'm telling, teaching about active participation and methods and integration of Christian faith and learning and, and classroom management and all these practical things and all from the Christian perspective. And it was going well and we were having a great, when you're with Africans, it is so wonderful. They're, they're happy and warm and they were just taking it in. And at one time, Professor Benoit, uh, I could just see him through it's like in the time we, I, we, I was teaching, he just got closed in on himself more and more, and was getting more and more discouraged. And he, he just, at one point, just kind of put his hands down and caught up all our attention and said, you know what, this is not going to make any difference, any difference. Congo, there is so much corruption. The leaders that we're trying to get through to, they're not going to let this happen because it's really all about money and who has the power, and, um, and I could just see, like, he, he was so excited about what we were teaching, but then he was so discouraged, because he's like, I'm not going to be able to do it. It's not going to make a difference. 
And um, at that time, the Lord gave me a story in my head. And it's a story I'm pretty sure all of you have heard. And, but I'm sure it came from the Lord. And this was a story that he didn't know. And I said, Benoit, I know. I, I get that because I experience that feeling too. What difference does, can I make there? And I, it was a story of um, this little girl on the, on the ocean. And we live in Ventnor this year, so I have a lot of ocean pictures. This little girl on the ocean who is picking up starfish. And she's picking up one starfish and throwing it back in the ocean. And then she picks up another starfish and throws it back in the ocean. And this older man comes by and says, little girl, what are you doing? These starfish are going to die anyways. You're not going to be able to throw all the starfish back into the ocean. And she said she, she looked at him and kept throwing them back one at a time, picking one up and throwing it back. And she said, you're right, sir, but this one here will live. And she threw it back. And then she picked another one. And this one here will live and throw it back. And I was able to share that story with this African professor. And he just shaked his head and smiled. And thought, yep, it's one person at a time. It's one impact at a time. So from the overwhelmingness that you might feel, that I might feel, it comes down to one person at a time. So we do feel inadequate to do this task. But next time you think uh, that you have an excuse as to why God can't use you, think of these. These are all potential excuses from a book that we're all familiar with. Noah got drunk. Abraham was too old. Sarah had stopped ovulating. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was unattractive. Judah committed incest. Joseph was abused. Moses murdered. So did David and Paul. Moses stuttered. He tended sheep, and he died too young. Deborah was a woman. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair. <laughs> Jephthah's mother was a prostitute. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Rahab herself was a prostitute. David was too young. So were Jeremiah and Timothy. David had a nervous breakdown and an affair. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressive. Isaiah had to preach in the nude. By the way, thank you that that wasn't a requirement this morning. <laughs> Isaiah had to preach in the nude. Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, got torched. Jonah ran away. Naomi was a widow. Job was attacked by Satan. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter had a temper. John was self-righteous. The disciples fell asleep. Matthew was a thief. Simon was fanatical. Nathaniel was cynical. Martha was a worrywart. Mary was lazy. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. The little boy only had five loaves and two fish. <laughs> the Samaritan woman had been sleeping around. Zacchaeus was too short. 
The colt that Jesus rode was a jackass. Some of his disciples were as well. Um, Simon, the son of Rufus, was only passing by. <laughs> Paul was single, a prisoner, and a poor speaker. Philip disappeared. Mark quit. Timothy had ulcers. And Lazarus was dead. Now, what's your excuse? <laughs> God doesn't need our abilities. <laughs> he wants our availability. That's not new to me, but he's not impressed with our abilities, but he wants our availability. I love the example of the moon. The light of the moon has a huge impact on the earth. Sometimes when I'm, uh, when I'm on, a, on a bright moonlit night and I'm out on a country road driving, my family's in the car, I sometimes turn off the lights. Uh, and, and my family starts getting quite, my wife starts getting quite nervous and goes, don't do that, turn them back on, turn them back on. But I love it because, uh, and I don't do it too long, <laughs> but, uh, but just there is enough light to, to see, and if you let your eyes get adjusted to it, so hopefully the road's not too bendy at that point. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of light around. By the way, today is full moon, okay? Today, October 13th, is full moon. So maybe you'll get a chance to see that full moon, depending on, on uh, how many clouds there might be between. Um, and think about this example when you look at the moon this evening. Um, and you know very well that the moon actually produces no light whatsoever. Okay, The moon produces no light whatsoever. It just reflects the light of the sun to us. I love that picture. <laughs> it's the same with us. We are not the source of amazing love. We are not the source of eternal life. We are not the source of hope for the world. But when we stand in the right relationship with God, we can reflect him to a very dark and, uh, and needy world. Oops. Not sure where that came from. When uh, we were just setting up this um, PowerPoint before the message, um, Mark asked me if I had uh, spoken with the worship team or knew what songs they were going to sing. And, uh, and it's, it's just fascinating because the song that we just sang before this message is exactly the scripture. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I love that. Remember, we are created to do good works which he has prepared for us. And I love the end of this verse. It says, they, they may see, it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your deeds. That's what they're seeing. It's like you see the full moon and you see the light. 
and they praise you? No, they praise your Father in heaven because where that light is being generated from, that love that's going to help others flourish, it's not us, it's him. And so if we let our light shine, it will bring praise to the source, praise to God in heaven. He has given us his life, his light. And Christian life is not about what you and I do for God. That's often what we think Christian life is. We're saved, and now we need to do good works, do our best uh, for God's sake, because, you know, he's been so good to us. Well, Christian life isn't about what we do for God. Christian, Christian life is about what only he can do. Therefore, it's called the Christian life, because it's Christ. What he can do, and he will do, through you and me, if we let him. Tammy and I, we get to help others flourish in some very needy places. But you know what? You do not need to go to Zimbabwe or South Africa to do that. There are many maybes. That was the name of this girl at the beginning. All around you, at your job, in your class, uh, in your neighborhood, maybe even under your own roof. And uh, I would just like to uh, just do a little bit of brainstorming with you in closing of ways that you can help others flourish, ways that you and I can help others flourish where we are, where God puts us every single day. So here's some examples. Just acknowledge, notice people around you. Maybe greet a person that you ride in the elevator with. So often we stand there and we're just, you know, our lives are actually connected for 25 seconds. Uh, and then we may never see that person again. But for those 25 seconds, you can make an impact. You can acknowledge that they exist. <laughs> you, can, you can notice them. You can greet them. Um, we, Tammy and I have noticed that again, being back here in North America, uh, the, the, the openness and the friendliness. And people come up and greet as we're you know, running to train for this marathon. Uh, people are greeting and smiling. They're probably going, those people are crazy. But, um, but just smile, thanking people. Say thank you, appreciate. You know, maybe, maybe it's uh, someone in a public bathroom mopping the floor. You know, they, they don't, it's a thankless job. And, and just see what happens when you show appreciation. Or a bus driver who's driven you halfway across the city. Or somebody cleaning your hotel room. Or maybe your spouse who's taken a lot of time to make, you know, a, a meal for you to enjoy or, or decorated, uh, you know, your house nicely. Give a compliment to a colleague um, and, and let them know that, uh, that they really look nice today. Um, or maybe don't say today because then they might think, well, what about the other days? But, uh, or, or, uh, or compliment them for an accomplishment that they've, that they've done. Have an eye for others. Be sensitive. Maybe, maybe there's a colleague of yours who's struggling. Show interest. 
Maybe there's somebody who's sad and downcast. Or maybe you're in a group at some event and you see there's somebody on their own. Um, you know, this person might be alone. They might not know anyone. They might be lonely. They might be sad. Have an eye for them. Help out. You're walking out of a store in the parking lot. You see someone struggling, someone carrying way more than they should. Offer to help them. Maybe, maybe your neighbor, you know, dragging his garbage out to the street. Offer to help. Um, you know, or maybe needs to clean up his yard or something. Showing interest in others. What matters to your neighbor? What matters to your child? You know, our kids... Um, often just use a few words to say things, but if you show interest and care, you can find out where they're at and touch them and, uh, and help them to flourish. Listen, listen to your colleagues, listen to your spouse. So often we live past each other and we're in our own world. And listening involves asking questions. And boy, people will warm up when, when you show interest in them. Conversations. You're driving in the car with your children. You're bringing them to some event or back from an event. Maybe talk about something other than just football uh, or, or whatever. Now, it's pretty exciting to talk about the Eagles. But, uh, but you know, there's, there's stuff going on in their lives, things that, uh, things that matter. Or at meals. Uh, sometimes have your conversations go deeper than just the superficial. Great opportunities. You're sitting together. What's going on? What's, what's going on at your school? What, uh, what are you struggling with? What is, what is uh, a tough thing for you today? Go on a walk with your spouse. Yes, it takes time. Give time. This is, again, what we're here for. Encourage others. You have a struggling friend. Maybe got bad news. Yesterday, uh, we were invited to a, a college football game here between U of Penn and Sacred Heart. And uh, during this, a uh, friend I was sitting next to got a call and his friend, his best man at his wedding has been diagnosed with cancer. And what a, what a tough thing. Um, encourage others. Um, you know, your kids, maybe they're being made fun of. Uh, your spouse, help her or him to be all that they are meant to be. Sometimes in our marriages, we, we almost treat each other as competitors rather than as a team. Uh, if you enrich your spouse, you're enriching your marriage. Um, discipling, maybe there's somebody you just need to spend some time with and help them understand about Jesus and about his love. Or maybe it's volunteering at a at a local soup kitchen, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches once a week. You know, they, the list goes on and on, and I've, I've made, already made a long list, but I know you can add a ton of things. Remember, you and I are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Don't put it under a bowl, okay? Don't hide under a bowl. Again, it's not the light we have to produce. We just reflect it like the moon. God wants to use you. He wants to. That's our calling. And remember, these are works which he has prepared, okay? And like the moon, if you reflect him, his love will be seen and will be felt by others. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you so much for the incredible privilege of being your children. I thank you, Lord, that we get the privilege of being able to be your light in the world, your ambassadors, to reflect you, to partner with you, to help others flourish. Lord, thank you for each person in this church. Thank you for the work of Open Schools, for the work of um, Teach Beyond, and, uh, and for the other ministry that, uh, in Malawi that we've been presented with today. And I thank you for these, these uh, neighborhood outreaches that, uh, that Grace Chapel is involved in. And Lord, thank you for the, the encounters that you give each of us every day where we have the opportunity to help others flourish, to be your light so that your kingdom can be built and more and more people can discover your love and become your children. Lord, may we not put bowls over the light that you've given us, but just allow others to see you as we reflect you. Thank you, Lord, for each person here and how you want to use each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen.